We tell you why Zachary Franklin committing to Ole Miss is advantage Jackson Dart, plus Brian Smith stops by to break down some of the latest two Ole Miss commits. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are Locked On Ole Miss, your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Subscribe there for us as well. Hi, I'm Stephen Willis, and this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. Zachary Franklin committing to Ole Miss was major. He was the top player at the time in the portal. He is a 1,000-yard receiver, nearly 100-catch receiver, led the nation in touchdowns, or at least really, really high up there with 15 last season. He does a lot of things really well, and that is what people are going to pay attention to. I look at this a little bit differently, and I look at things a little bit differently. And this tells me that Jackson Dart has a clear advantage in the quarterback competition this fall. And everybody's like, well, Steve, how do you get that? Well, it's simple to me. Trey Harris and Zachary Franklin, they're ball winners. I put up yesterday their contested catch percentages and it's nearly like 50% which is really really high and Jackson Dart for whatever reason over the middle of the field has struggled and maybe just maybe Lane Kiffin is looking at these two ball winners as a difference maker over the middle of the field uh, you saw Malik Heath get used that was probably Jackson Dart's best throw but it was after he would clear the middle of the field he hit him closer to the sideline, but it was essentially a drag route. Maybe you can find a way and he gets confidence to hit those receivers a little bit earlier in the project progression. Get the ball out of his hand and help the offensive line out, okay? Because that's the other thing that's an issue. There's a couple of third-level RPO reads that Jackson Dart has to do, and he holds the ball just a little bit too long. And with this offensive line run blocking all of the time, it means the time to get the pass off isn't as quick because they're not doing the catching of pass blocking. They're doing the striking of run blocking and making it look like an outside or inside zone play. So that is something to pay attention to there. Then you have the ball winning and the contested catches where all the people are. They want to cut down on those Jackson Dart interceptions, but they want to use that part of the field because I've explained to everybody and my everydayers can attest to this that this offense is designed to torture linebackers. And I will break this down again for people that might not know what I'm talking about. This offense makes the linebacker want to take false steps. There's so much eye candy that is given with this offense. For instance, just on a rudimentary simple simple um, discussion, the jet sweep. You have to be ready to go because if that guy gets the ball, you're not going to be able to catch him because he's already at full speed. So you're tempted to move to the right or the left, right? You got me? You've got the inside zone play, which Quinshawn Judkins, he's the best running back in the country coming back in college football. You have to be prepared for that. The inside zone, they're going to run play action nearly every play. They're going to be wary. 
It's going to make you want to step forward. So if you're stepping right, then stepping forward, you're already out of position. Now, the jet sweep game last year was kind of messed up by snapping problems. Early in the season, they tried to run it, but snaps were a little bit too off, so they just quit running jet sweeps. It was more of a confidence and not being able to do a thing after I think Caleb Bourne went down, something like that. And they just couldn't time it up. All the timing was thrown off, and the offense was suffering for it. But this year, if the jet sweep comes back, which it looks like it will, that gives you that right to left and that front false step potential. If that happens, you have the tight ends and the inside players that have the ability to make you hurt by making a false step up and biting on the play-action fake or leaning out for the jet sweep. Either way, to take you out of the position that you want to be in, the tight end and the slot receiver needs to be there to make you pay. This season is there. Michael Trigg, I'm convinced there's going to be 12 personnel this year. You're going to see Priest Corn and Michael Trigg on the field at the same time. I'm just convinced of that. And they're going to figure out a way to make matchups happen. Because when you take the front line of this offense with the Zachary Franklin, with the Trey Harris, with the Caleb Priest, um, Priest Corn, with the Michael Trigg, Caden Priest Corn. I got him confused with Caleb Jones or there for a second. All right, but when you take them across the front, they do have the ability to make the defense pay down the field, each and every one of them. And with the defense being so concerned with stopping four, last year was such a huge year for Quinshawn Judkins because every single team Ole Miss plays, the first rule when they go in the game, the first meeting they have on Ole Miss football It's going to be number four can't beat us. We have to rally to the football. We have to attack. We have to be ready to go. And if that happens, that is false steps. And that makes that RPO game that much effective to Priest Corn, to Trigg, even so much to um, Trey Harris or Zachary Franklin over the middle. And yesterday I left out receivers. I left out Aiden Williams, which, I mean, yeah, seriously. You just want to knock yourself on the head. I have all the confidence in the world in Aiden Williams. I think he's going to be one of the most ready-made wide receivers to come to Ole Miss in the last 10, 15 years. And yes, think about what that means for a second. But this means, with Zachary Franklin, Aiden gets to sit back and relax, kind of see what's going on, develop, be ready to take over when he's ready to take over, much like A.J. was in 2016. So it should be pretty interesting that way as well. And Jalen Knox, forgot about him as well. Although, you know, he's been injured the last two years, but he had a really good spring game. He's somebody else you should pay attention to. And honestly, I'm just going to be real here for a second. There should be a three-way competition between Knox, Dayton Wade, and Jordan Watkins for who's going to be the slot receiver when Michael Trigg is not playing it. Because if Knox the way he is built, can play that slot receiver. And you have a chance to be so positionally versatile with your wide receivers right now and and tight ends. I'm, I'm telling you, this is a unique, dangerous situation for opponents right now 
with Ole Miss football. It, it's it's insane what they could do. It all starts with four, goes out with those wide receivers that are so effective. They were first-team all-conference players last year. You have Michael Trigg, who has all the athletic ability in the world, and Brees Corn, who PFF is rated as the third-ranked returning tight end in all of college football. And then you take the offensive line, you only lose one player off that offensive line. If you can replace that with uh, Quincy McGee or Victor Kern or even somebody like Bryson Sanders coming in and doing it, all of a sudden you have a unit that's just good to go. They're just ready to go. And then you, when you look on the other side of the ball and the work they've done, the Isaac Ukwus, the you know, to go along with Jared Ivey and Cedric Johnson and J.J. Pegues and Josh Harris and Xavion Harris, Stephon Wynn, Jamon Gordon, um, Stone, I forget his first name, sorry about that. But on the defensive line, they're good to go. Suntarian Perkins coming at the linebacker position. This is not the defensive unit that three weeks ago we were worried about. Now, there's still a lot of things they have to do but they have the talent to do it all over the field and especially offensively. People are going to question about Jackson Dart. These receivers allow him to play to his strengths, to do the things he's comfortable doing. And that jump that we saw Matt Corral make from year one to year two could absolutely happen again, even if it looks a little differently. You have two ball winners that can come into the middle of the field and provide that confidence that Jackson Dart desperately needs. You got Michael Trigg and Priest Corn that are going to attack seams. You've got a defense that has to play up to stop Quinshawn, which means double teams are not going to be readily available for teams that want to do it. You have a situation where Zachary Franklin could be lined up on the third best defensive back of the other team. You have weapons. You have depth. You have one of the most talented teams that Ole Miss has ever fielded, especially offensively. But they still have to do it. They still have to execute it. They still have to do what they need to do. If they do that, they're going to be a really, really good team. Right now, I do want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet of up to $2,500. That's right, $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. I do realize that in Mississippi it's a brick-and-mortar sports gambling state, so you'll have to go to a casino to sports bet. But if you go to Louisiana, if you go to Tennessee, FanDuel is available for you. New Orleans, Baton Rouge, Delta, Louisiana, across the river from Vicksburg. If you go up to Memphis, Jackson, Tennessee, Nashville, if you're ever on vacation over in Gatlinburg, you can use it. It's a safe and secure app, and you can get paid instantly when you win. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no-sweat first bet of up to $2,500. Um, that is fanduel.com slash locked on. $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel, it's an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow on the show, we will continue to go down this road and getting ready for the season. We are probably, by tomorrow, I think five weeks away from media days. We're getting ready. I'm starting to look at the W's and L's. I'm thinking about potentially, let me know in the comments section below, do you want me to do a rewatch of games? I can do a rewatch of games um, and like give you a 10-minute synopsis of what I saw in that game? Or is the roster so different with 45 different players, would you just rather me concern, concern myself with what's going on this season? That is an interesting question. But we're going to try something a little bit different today, okay? Brian Smith, is, he has his own YouTube channel um, at footballscout underscore Florida. And he is the Locked On Recruiting Analyst. And he recorded a couple of things on Raji Dennis and Joseph Cryer that um, we're going to put on here and let you see. They, he breaks down huddle film um, of both players. It's, it's pretty interesting stuff, but um, I wanted to give this a try as well. If it works, great. If it does not, it does not. But we'll see. We'll give, we'll give it a try anyway. Anyway, here's Brian Smith from Football Scout Florida Locked On's Recruiting Analyst. Hello and welcome everyone. Brian Smith here with another edition of some recruiting information. This time I'm going to focus on Ole Miss. They just gained two commitments in the last few days from the state of Louisiana. Kind of ironic considering the Rebels usually don't get a whole lot of prospects from down there. It's pretty hard, but they got two. Both of them I like very much, and I'm going to talk about them in the order they came in. One's a wide receiver who's a burner and a very unique prospect. And then the other one is an offensive lineman that is a power power player that could probably play tackle, but I like him best if he stays on the interior. I'm going to share my screen here in just a second. Please note that both of these young men are SEC talents right off the bat. These aren't reaches. These are physically gifted young men. So keep that in mind more than anything else. Uh, number one here, if, if you look at, the first kid that I'm going to be talking about. You can never have enough what? What's the word that's always put into the situation? Speed. It, it's, not, it's not that difficult. It's speed. So if you look at the speed for Rajay Dennis, and this play kind of puts things in perspective very quickly, it, it is not hard to understand that Rajay Dennis can score. Like right there, just see how quickly he moved away from everybody? Here, just a very simple route. Quarterback does have time, so it gives him a chance, and he just blows by the safety. Now, keep in mind, he plays at Edna Carr High School in New Orleans. New Orleans is full of kids that can run, and he's just blown by us. Play after play after play. Here's the exciting part about this young man, Rajay Dennis, above all else. He is very raw as it relates to the amount of time he was spent in the game of football. And he's still beating New Orleans competition, which is one of the most high-level sin players of the NFL areas in the United States per capita. Regardless of how you want to break it down, New Orleans has ball players. And once he understands technique and breaking off routes a little better, understands how to catch the ball in different situations, reading coverages, making adjustments after the snap, all those little nuances that he'll eventually have to do if he wants to be a truly big-time player, 
it's going to be amazing how good he can be. And Lane Kiffin, as many people obviously know, understands the ability to make this situation work because Lane Kiffin's probably as good a play caller as there is in college football. So Rajay Dennis is a burner, and it's a kid that Lane took and took a liking to. And to be honest with you, I'm kind of curious to see what he does. The other young man is Joseph Cryer. This is a prospect that is about power. There, there is no question about that. So I'm going to present the screen once again and show this young man. It It is fun to watch guys that really take their craft seriously, and Cryer does that on a very consistent basis. This first play in particular is, is pretty funny because he hits the kids so hard, you, you almost feel bad for him, but he, he buries them. It's a goal line situation and they just, they just lay the wood. They just lay the wood. He is best when it's pin and pull, as you can see, this is what their offense does, but look at him get out in space for a big man. That's impressive, man. That is impressive. Come around the corner. No hesitation. Just put that guy on his rear end. Does a nice job of beating the linebacker to the spot, and then he was shocked that Joseph Cryer was there already, and he hammered him. That's an even better job because the guy really went out of his way to make Joseph miss, and he still took his time and made the block. That's not fair. That kid's nowhere near big enough. It's just comical, but you get the idea. If, if this kid is being bypassed by LSU, I'm not sure what they're, they're getting on the O-line this year. But that's pretty impressive because this kid can really play. There's another play, again, showcasing what he can do in open space. This play here moves out, connects, dry, drives his feet. That was a better player he went against, but he didn't, he didn't let up. He kept driving right here, moves the feet, pancakes the guy. You get the picture. This this is a very, very good football player. So we get the point there. So Ole Miss is up to, I believe, nine commitments now. They've got a couple of elite defensive linemen from in-state. They're still chasing Camarion Franklin. They're still after uh, Javante Waller and on and on. This has a chance to be a very good class. And part of doing what Lane is doing at Ole Miss is finding a couple under-the-radar kids especially like Rajay Dennis. I mean, he could end up being an All-American. You can tell he's like a 10-5 kid. If he takes to the coaching, there, there's no telling just how good he can be. So Ole Miss got two really good recruits this week. They've got some kids, really important recruits coming on campus. I expect Ole Miss to have a very, very good month of June. So please like this podcast. Please share it, uh, comment. I'm curious to ask you your take about, you know, where is Ole Miss in this situation with Lane, that he's been there for a while now. Everything's kind of established. You want to talk about that? Please comment. If you want to discuss some of the recruits, Waller or somebody else, I'm happy to comment on those. And above all else, just enjoy these podcasts. Come back, bookmark this place, and I will have plenty more. Everybody have a great day. All right, that is Brian Smith, the Locked On Recruiting Expert. Um, His website is going to be linked on the podcast, I think I'm going to put a card up here after in post-production of what's going on with him. He, he's the one that on our Saturday recruiting shows gives his point of what's going on. Saturday, I already have it earmarked. We're going to talk about Austin Simmons um, and a couple other players as well 
as we start this camp and visit season. Anyway, when we come back, I'm going to dig a little bit more into the Joseph Cryer commitment he was talking about and kind of let you know what we got as he committed over the weekend. Anyway, stick around. All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, upvote, comment. That'd make us very happy as well. Join our subtext community while we're thinking of it. Hi, I'm Stephen Willis, and this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. Joseph Cryer committed to Ole Miss over the weekend. He described it as a dream come true. He committed so quickly. It really did feel a little bit like a childhood-type dream. Here was his graphic. I think Hayes Fawcett did that as well. Um, I, I kind of like these boom boxes that you're seeing all over the place. I, I enjoy those a little bit. But a really, really good player. This is what we have on his profile. He's rated as a high three-star on on three, and it looks like Rivals. No, he's a 5'6 on Rivals on 247, maybe. I don't know. I'm having trouble seeing it as well. He's mid-level, I guess, overall as far as the composite ranking. But as you saw in the video that we saw earlier, this is a kid with some tools and that you shouldn't probably overly take into account these ratings yet as they're going to go up. It's one of those situations where if LSU just decides to turn it on, I might get a little bit um, nervous. But if they don't, um, Ole Miss should be in pretty good shape. It seemed like he was pretty excited with the Ole Miss offer and commitment. Good player. He's from Nakajosha Central from Manny, Louisiana, like Manny, M-A-N-Y. Um, good player. Interior offensive lineman, I really like the way he pulls. One thing that I, whenever I'm looking at offensive linemen, and this goes back to my time at Rivals and, and whatever that was going on, I look at what they look like running in open space because you can tell an awful lot about an offensive lineman with just the simple athleticism, the fluidity of running. And this is a kid that looks really good pulling. He's good at tracking the defender. He's good at making the block. Now, granted, it's high school football, which means if him being a defensive um, D1 prospect, which he is, he's going to be better than 90% of the players on that field. That That's just the way high school football works. So you look, does he track? Does he do the things that he needs to do? Whenever he goes up against players that are somewhat evenly matched with him, how does he look in those situations? Those are questions for the offensive line moving forward. But I, re I really like Joseph Cryer. I I'm a huge fan of him. I think he was a good gift by John Garrison and Lane Kiffin. And it, it it's just going to bear fruit for Ole Miss moving forward, in my opinion. I like it. We're in camp and visit season, which means players are going to be on campus all month. I mean, in July, they're going to do things like Juice Fest, but um, they're going to um, invite people to campus. Now that it's unlimited official visits, there's no reason for um, people not to come unless they're going someplace else. It, it's just the way this works out. And camp season means they're going to lay some eyes on some people that Let's see, this is a little inside baseball for those that might not know. This is from whenever I was the video coordinator um, for Ed Orgeron like 20 years ago. 
And Lane Kiffin comes from that same Pete Carroll school. So there's a lot of things that Lane does that I understand because I, I lived in this world for three years. Okay. One thing is camps when Ed Orgeron took the job, it became not just about making money and inviting kids to camp and having a good time when David Cutcliffe was here, because I'm sure they used it for recruiting as well, but that's not the point I'm trying to make. The importance of camps to Ed Orgeron in 2005, it, it jarred everybody in the room. They wanted cameras absolutely everywhere. 10, 15 cameras, even camcorders. We go to Walmart and buy two or three camcorders and set those up ahead of time so we could get different angles of drills because they're looking for that diamond in the rough. They're trying to find that 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 three-star prospect that nobody's talking about that after they get done with it is a four-star or five-star. They're going to big game hunt because that's what they do. That's the same thing they did back then, and they're doing it now. But they're going to look for particular special skill sets that can really help them out. And especially now that Pete Golding has come back, that has become increasingly relevant. So expect a ton of commitments, you know, five or six commitments potentially in the month of June. I think Ole Miss has around 10-ish at this moment. I think they probably could end the month with 16 or 17, including some flips, including some big names, but including some players that you're not thinking about. Players like Raji Dennis that just kind of jumped on the scene because they're going to have film on those prospects. They're going to be able to measure them. They're going to be able to test them. They're going to be able to see them in seven-on-seven and seven type positions like that. And they'll be able to make a really good judgment on these players because you can ask anybody. Mississippi is a difficult place to recruit. It always has been. And it's just because of the layout. It's not very populated. There's not a huge population center in the state. I mean, unless you want to count Jackson, which is less than 10% of the population. So Mississippi being spread out, it's so rural it's difficult for these scouting services to lay eyes on them and to make a proper rating of them before more film comes out in their senior year. They're going to blow out this fall. It, it always happens every single year. And that is because in the advent, now it's a little easier because of the advent of huddle, but now it's going to be huddle and you, it's like, oh, I need to look up that player. I need to see what he's like. So we'll see what's going on. Remember, Chris Jones was a low-level three-star until the Under Armour All-American game, or until All-Star game season. And then he just absolutely blew up. It went up to the Mississippi-Alabama game and just absolutely blew up in Orlando. But that's something to keep in mind as well. I do hope everybody enjoyed this, and I hoped all this worked out, honestly. Um, and if we try this, we're going to do this again. So whenever Ole Miss gets a commit, hopefully Brian Smith will break them down like that he did with Raji Dennis and Joe Cryer, and we'll play him on this podcast as well. So it's pretty interesting indeed. I do want to thank everybody for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow. Hotty toddy.